Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Conversations of the Way. My name is Carlos. I'm your host, and I hope that you're well. I hope that everything's going good for you, and I pray that the Father opens our hearts and minds, eyes and ears to the conversation we're going to have. So, let us begin. In this world, but not of it. Have you ever heard before that as believers that we're in this world, but we're but we shall not be of it? I've have heard it before and I superficially understood it with a little bit of knowledge and understanding that I had. I understood that I should not partake of the things of this world that goes against the instructions and the way that our Heavenly Father taught us. But even if I superficially understood this, I scoffed at it, and I still went after the things of this world. I believe that is what happens when you do not go deeper into His Word. It's not like I opened the Scriptures and searched what this meant. So in this conversation, this is what we're going to do. Before I begin, please know that I'm not here to condemn or judge you. I have struggled with the world and still do. I pray that this conversation will be to help all of us draw nearer to Him. Maybe we can start by understanding who the world is according to scriptures. We must use the scriptures because that is the compass that guide us to the true north in our lives. You can ask various people and get a different response, but as believers we need to respond with what the scriptures say. The scriptures explain that the world is the opposite of what we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be holy. The word holy, which is kodesh in Hebrew, translates to set apart. We're supposed to be set apart from this world. There are Bible versions that give a more accurate translation by replacing the word holy by the word set apart. But set apart exactly from what? Let us read John chapter 16, verse 7 through 11. This is Jesus speaking. Quote, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper, Holy Spirit, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment concerning sin because they do not believe in me concerning righteousness because I go to the father and you will see me no longer concerning judgment because the ruler of this world is judged End quote. we can see here that a distinction is made between sin and the ruler of this world who is the deceiver the prince of lies and righteousness that comes from our Heavenly Father. We know that the ruler of this world fills it with sin. So, what is sin? I do not want to tell you what I think sin is. I would rather let the Word define it. 1 John chapter 3, verse 4 through 10 states, quote, Everyone who sins breaks the law. 
In fact, sin is lawlessness. But you know that he, Jesus, appeared so that he may take away our sins, and in him is no sin. No one who lives in him keeps on sinning. No one who continues to sin has either seen him or known him. Dear children, do not let anyone lead you astray. The one who does what is right is righteous, just as he is righteous. The one who does what is sinful is of the devil, because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. No one who is born of God will continue to sin. Because God's seed remains in them, they cannot go on sinning, because they have been born of God. This is how we know who the children of God are and who the children of the devil are. Anyone who does not do what is right is not God's child, nor is anyone who does not love their brother and sister. End quote. Sin is the breaking of the instructions of God, His commandments. The word for law in Hebrew is Torah, which means instructions. So those who go against the instructions of God are those who are sinning and are those who are of this world. But those who keep the commandments abide in the Most High and the Most High in them. 1 John chapter 3, verse 24 And they are the ones that are set apart, holy. Let us look at examples of sin stated by the scriptures. Let us look at Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 to 15. Quote, Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must also rid yourself of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other, since you have been taken off your old self with its practices, and you have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Here, there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave for free, but Christ is all, and it is in all. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as God forgave you. And over all these virtues, Put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, 
since as a member of one body, you are called to peace and be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Messiah, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. End quote. It is, if we say that we're in Him, but we still practice the transgressions that the scripture just mentioned, it is hard to just justify there has been a change in us. We can become a stumbling block to others by our behavior. I'm not saying we'll always be perfect and there will never be a fault in us. But if we become practitioners of these transgressions, it is valid for others to question our faith. If we believe, if we keep living like we used to, but we say that we're in Him, we should question our own faith. Have you ever felt that you just do not fit in? Have you ever felt that someone just did not like you for a reason you did not know? Have you just conformed to a certain mindset or way because Everyone around you was, and you felt that by doing that, people would like you? I'll be honest to you, that sadly, I have. This is the opposite of what Romans chapter 12, verse 2 instructs us to do. I think that as an introvert, those of us who are introvert, we fall into this at times. Thankfully, I'm learning the hard way, but I'm learning. I try not to concern myself with what people think of me. If I'm doing what is set apart according to God, that should be my focus. It is disturbing that even those who call themselves believers have made myself and others feel this way. If I would have been an avid reader of the word, I would have figured out why people made me feel this way and why they did. John chapter 15, verses 18 through 25, Jesus explains, quote, If the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. If you belong to the world, it will love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. Remember what I told you. A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. If they obeyed my teaching, they will obey yours also. They will treat you this way because of my name, for they do not know the one who sent me. If, it had, if I had not come and spoken to them, they would not be guilty of sin. But now they have no excuse for their sin. Whoever hates me hates my father as well. If I, have had, if I had not done among them the works no one else did, they would not be guilty of sin. As it is, they have seen, and yet they have hated both me and my father. But this is to fulfill what is written in their law. They hated me without reason. End quote. So, 
we should not be surprised that the world hates us. The Messiah said it himself in what we just read. In chapter 4 of the book of James, it goes on to state that, quote, Friendship with the world is enmity with God. And whoever wants to, quote, to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. End quote. Verse 4. So according to James in verse 7 through 8, what should we do? We should, quote, submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. End quote. This is the opposite of what you hear from the world. The world tells you that we all should hold hands and be one with each other. We cannot. We cannot be one with the world and be one with God. We cannot serve two masters. We need to understand a clear distinction that just because we're in this world does not mean we are of it. We're taught as believers that we're not to hate, right? Well, that is not true. We are to hate evil. And we are not to partake in what is evil because, as we have read, evil is not of God, but of this world. But we are also instructed to love and pray for our enemies. We are called to do good unto everyone and not just those who are called by his name. This is not a new concept. In Deuteronomy chapter 23, verse 7, it is written, quote, You shall not abhor an Edomite, for he is your brother. You shall not abhor an Egyptian, because you were a sojourner in his land. End quote. So, because we are also we were also once lost in this world, and by his grace and mercy we were allowed to come out of her, just as his people were instructed to get out of Babylon in Jeremiah chapter fifty one verse forty five, we must learn to live in this world but not be part of it. It is a tall order, but with God all things are possible. Being a believer is not an easy sell to someone who is of the world. The Messiah told us that we will be hated and persecuted. That does not seem awesome. But then I remember that my treasure should not be stored here in this world. Christ suffered, and some of us may suffer as well. 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 12-14 through 14 states, quote, Dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on to test you as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice inasmuch as you participate in the sufferings of Christ so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. If you are insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed. For the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. End quote. So, Rejoice, brothers and sisters. When persecution comes, let us hold on to his promises. In a practical manner, how should we walk in this world? The reality is that we are in this world and we see and live around things that are sinful. 
but that does not mean that we need to partake in them. We know what places we should be in. We know who we should not be around. We should do the best to our abilities to separate ourselves from those places and people. We saw Jesus partaking a meal with those who were sinners. But Jesus was not partaking in their sins. They were eating with Jesus, not Jesus with them. They wanted to have what he had. We do not have to partake in their sins to show them that we love them. We're not showing them love by partaking in the same transgression, but instead are being a stumbling block to their lives. We should be pointing them to the way, the truth, and the life who is Christ. Some so-called believers think that they need to show unbelievers the way by yelling, judging, and condemning. They think that by standing in a street corner with signs and praying out loud for all to see, that a change will come upon an unbeliever. Most of us need to remember Matthew chapter 7, verse 3. Quote, Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? End quote. I believe that the best action we can take is first making sure that we are walking in his ways. I'm not saying perfect. Yes, we should all seek perfection, as Matthew chapter 5, verse 48 states, but no one's perfect. We are all sinners, and anyone that says it's not a sinner is a liar, as 1 John chapter 1, verse 10 states. Once we're walking in his ways, we need to make sure our household is as well, if we have one. Once this is done to the best of our abilities, we can then hold assured that others will come to see us in a different light. As written in Matthew chapter 5, verse 14 through 16, quote, You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. End quote. Final thoughts. The lines between sin and righteousness have been blurred for a long time. The deceiver has done a great job at flipping everything upside down. And we have led him. Me and you as believers have led him. What once was called good is now called bad, as prophesied by Isaiah chapter 5, verse 20. Quote, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. End quote. We must make a stand in our lives and be set apart from this world. We have no choice if we want to be called by His name. We need to do this not just because that is how we show we love Him, but also this is how we show we love our neighbor. The Messiah Himself said that these are the two greatest commandments. Matthew chapter 22, verse 36 through 40. When we start living a life of righteousness, 
some are going to want that in their lives. They will come to you and want what you have. They will see that you're no longer angry, that you're more patient, peaceful, understanding, and full of steadfast love. They will see the grace and mercy you give to others because you understand that your Heavenly Father has also given you grace and mercy and you want to share it with the world. This shall not make us feel superior, but it shall humble us that we have been given the opportunity to point back to Yeshua Jesus the Messiah. That is what through Him that the forgiveness of our transgressions, our sins, was given. I'll leave you with John chapter 16, verse 33. Quote, I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace, in the world you will have tribulation. But take heart, I have overcome the world. End, end, end quote. Be of good cheer in him, brothers and sisters. Until our next conversation, may you go in peace.